5.04 on the run home with Manaya and Mitch, the M&M show on SENZ. We're with you through until 6 o'clock. Plenty to come up uh, in the next hour as well. Here's what's happening courtesy of your Macca's menu. We are going to be talking a little bit of NFL in just a few moments' time. Plus, uh, I've got a half-baked sports idea that will spice up cricket and I really want to run it past you. Mitch, get your thoughts on it. Getting more and more nervous. You're shaking, more and more nervous. You're shaking your head. Uh, you don't like it. Um, plus, we'll find out what the uh, what Christmas looks like for the McLennigan family and uh, what your plans are over the break, although I actually know what some of your plans are. You and I are going to be in here um, covering the graveyard shift uh, across some of the shifts that other people don't want to do. Uh, but I digress. Uh, that is your Macca's menu. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. Right now we are crossing stateside to Lee Sterling, almost 30 years in the business, one of the best to ever do it, co-host of the Locked On Bets podcast as well, so we might be able to get a few tips out of him. But Lee, I understand you're in the Big Apple today. I am, yeah. I came Saturday and... Came in time and went with my daughter, and we went to the uh, New York Jets and Detroit game. And although it didn't have one of the craziest endings compared to a couple of the other games, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, the New England and, and Vegas game, where uh, Vegas intercepted one of the uh, the passes they kept trying to throw back to keep the play alive uh, and score right before they were possibly headed to overtime or um, the other game, the Jacksonville game, where a pick six ended the game in overtime. Um, quite the ending also, and uh, wasn't wasn't without controversy. I mean, there was there was two games that clearly, uh, with better officiating, would have gone the other way. And I'm talking about uh, the Washington Giants game, where the Giants were were definitely benefited from many many calls during the game to get the win. And then uh, I thought that the the Jets-Detroit game, uh, the Jets had a couple just important plays go against them, and most specifically talking about at least one or two uh, interference calls that either weren't or were called uh, both ways. So uh, I think the NFL's got to find a way to, to clear that up. They had, I think, a few years where, I think it was two years where you could challenge it, and then they did away with it. There's just too many missed calls because the game is just too fast. Well, you put a poll up on your Twitter actually asking that exact question, didn't you? Uh, what's the results been? Everyone keen for it to come back? Uh, yeah. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. I was just looking at it, and it was a total – 79% of the people thought it could come should come back, and they felt that it would be best if it was done in a command central mm. uh away from the game because the problem is when you have officials having to look at it a little tiny screen on the field and and it takes usually three to five minutes it's it's just way too long they've got to do it in a command central they've got to do it probably within 60 to 90 seconds uh uh to keep the game going so uh the game i i love the game i mean i'm a basketball fan i go to the miami heat games been going since they uh, started in their inception in the you know in the late 1980s. Uh, also, like baseball to some <laughs> to some respect, not like I used to. But um, football to me is king, and and they've just got to find a way. These these players. When I played college football in the early 80s, you know, I was one of the fastest guys, and I ran a four five. You have guys now <laughs> running four twos and four threes, and uh, 
are bigger and stronger. So, you know, the officials just can't keep up, you know, with, with, with the quickness of the game. And there's just so many rules, you know, the rules to the head, you hit to the head. I mean, <laughs> you almost got to tackle the guy in, in the middle of the gut <laughs> uh, to not be uh, given a penalty for, for uh, you know, for for a hit that uh, uh, doesn't qualify as a safe hit. Lee, I've actually seen into your future. Uh, over here in the, the National Rugby League in Australia, they have exactly yep. what you're calling for, the uh, the command central. They call it the bunker uh, in the NRL. Yep. And would you be surprised if I told you people still complain about that uh, <laughs> process? <laughs> well, as well, of course. They're not, not going to get it right. They're not going to get it right all the time. And, and you know, I, I still watch some of the replays when there are challenges to certain rules and they still get it wrong. You know, here's the problem with the officials in the NFL is they're part-timers. A lot of these guys are selling insurance and doing another job. They're making two to three, two to $400,000 a year. And they're flying out on Friday or, or Saturday morning for a Sunday game. And, you know, unless you're paying someone even more and making it a full-time position where they can study more, you're always going to have, some problems on the calls. And so that. Well, I think we might have lost. But still, I mean, and I, and I love soccer. I'm, I played soccer in high school. I love, and, and that World Cup was one of the greatest ever World Cup games. But I mean, that some of the action in the NFL every week, and people were complaining, saying, oh, it's not going to be great games this past weekend. Well, look at how great the Dallas and Jacksonville game, and it didn't have huge implications, or the New England Vegas game. Both teams will probably not make the playoffs. But, you know, the, it's just so many of these games are decided on the last drive of the game. and Or, or as, if you're gambling on games like I am, it's decided right at the end. Uh, so that's what makes it so great. Absolutely. You mentioned the um, playoff picture. Sorry, Mitch, I've jumped on top of you there. Um, we are on board with the uh, the Miami Dolphins. Obviously, yep. tour earlier this season horrific head knock and, and, you know, was out for a couple of weeks. But he's been back now. A little bit of a turbulent season for him even since then. How, how is he tracking? And, and more importantly, are the, what are the um, playoff ramifications for the Dolphins this far into the season? So it looks like for them to get in, they're going to have to win two of the last three games. And uh, they should have an easier – well, nothing's easy in the NFL, but mm. they do play Christmas Day against the Packers at home – then travel to New England. That'll be a tough game. And then the Jets at home, the last game, they've got to win probably two out of the three games to get in. So that's where they stand right now. Uh, they're sitting right now at eight wins and and six losses. But um, they should get in. They're a dangerous team. I mean, the, the, te- the best teams in the AFC, obviously, are Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. But I don't think anyone wants to play Miami. You know, on the other hmm. side – you know, it looks like it's it's going to be the Eagles and San Francisco are clearly the two best teams. But Miami's an up-and-coming team. Uh, even though they've lost three straight games, I mean, it's crazy. The first two games they didn't play on well on the West Coast. Uh, I thought that the Chargers in the second game came up with some schemes to throw the Dolphins off. The Dolphins, whenever they put a man in motion, someone like Killer Waddle, were running both of them down the field together instead of running – two guys on the outside trailing and one guy deep. They're putting one on the inside and one on the outside and one guy deep Mm. as these guys are coming off down the field five or 10 yards. So 
Miami made some really good adjustments and, and, and had the chance to beat Buffalo. I mean, if uh, their last offensive drive before the end, if they get a touchdown instead of a field goal there, and they had a couple bad, bad calls possibly go against them, they end up uh, winning that game against maybe the first, second, or third best team in the NFL in some horrific snowy conditions, you know, in the in the low 20s and heavy snow and, and heavy winds. So uh, I've never seen a game where I've been more proud of Miami. Sure, they've got like four defensive starters out for the year. Everyone's got injuries, but uh, I think they'll end up probably winning two of the next three games and uh, make the playoffs. And they're a dangerous team. They could win a game or two in the playoffs. Can they go to the Super Bowl? Probably not. They're not quite there. You usually have to pay your dues in the NFL and win for a couple years in the playoffs to win it all. But um, they're a fun team now, and they're a dangerous team. Uh, Lee, just on that um, game last week against the Chargers, um, that could be quite pivotal at, at the standings at the end of the season, uh, coming down to a tiebreaker for that sixth spot. Um, in the NFL, for, for us here in New Zealand, understand how important it is um, in for the, for those tiebreakers to go your way because uh, looking at the other side of the draw, um, you know, it's a pretty strong strong setup in the other conference. Yeah, you, you don't want to have to go to, let's say, Kansas City or Buffalo the first game of the playoffs. But, you know, let's say, you know, they, they could end up getting, well, someone like Cincinnati. There's a chance. Cincinnati... I think Miami was going to win that game until Tua got the concussion in that game. Mm-hmm. So I think they match up much better with Cincinnati than they do against Kansas City. But Kansas City's been been beatable. I mean, that, that's another game, you know, where Kansas City barely won the game on, on Sunday. So, uh, you know, Kansas City is great. They have a great quarterback. But they barely beat Houston, maybe mm. the worst team in the NFL in overtime. So, <laughs> um, it. And this is one of those years where any team can be beat on any given day. It's amazing, right? It's been a really exciting year of footy. I mean, the Jets are back. Um, mind you, they're on a bit of a losing streak. Uh, it's nice to see them win a few games. I, I guess um, if you had some words of encouragement for any Pats fans out there, any Patriot fans out there, uh, what, have you, what words of encouragement for you have, have for them just to hang in there? I would never want to get Patriots fans encouragement. So the the joke is, so I started going, I'm 59 years old. um, Started going to games with my parents when the Dolphins, the first year they came into existence. I was three and a half, four years old. My dad used to bring me along by the time I was seven, eight years old, had memorized pretty much every player on every team where they came from. It was just, just fell in love with the game. But we used to joke until they went to their first Super Bowl and lost to the Bears, I think it was 46 to 10. We used to joke at the Dolphins game when they sold out 80,000. You couldn't find 10, at the time, Boston Patriot fans. Now they're the New England Patriots. They didn't travel. They didn't care about their team. So, I mean, as soon as Tom Brady came in and they started winning, you know, there's people all over the world. Every woman, you know, wanted to date Tom Brady. He was uh, America's greatest, most eligible bachelor until he got married. So um, being a, a Dolphins fan, there's no love for the Jets. We call them the New York stinking Jets. There's no love for, for the Patriots. And there's no love for the Bills. Uh, although my my oldest daughter went uh, to elementary school with one of the defensive backs, Juan Johnson, number four for the Bills. So I root for him. But um, 
when you're in the same division, I whenever I see people, they'll tell me, you know, like in football, oh, I'm a I'm a Jets and a Dolphins fan. I say, well, you're not really a fan then. You can't root. <laughs> you can be can almost never root for for the for another team in your division unless it's like a Super Bowl and you just want your conference to win. Hmm. We've got a text through here, Lee, and we greatly appreciate your time on the show today. Um, as do our listeners, Brett has texted in. Boys, can you ask Lee if the Dolphins would be happy with the return that they've got so far from the Bradley Chubb trade? Um, I think it's mixed. You know, when whenever someone comes over from another team midseason, you know, it's, it's tough to figure out, you know, what their role is and things like that. Uh, played okay. I, I would give them like a B, B minus, but but then again, you're not going to get an A plus effort when they're just starting to get used to the scheme. It's a different scheme mm. than the Broncos ran. But um, you know, the, the the first round pick that they gave up for him was going to be the 49ers pick, and that's probably going to be bottom four in the NFL. And and those guys, it's a total, you know, crapshoot. So um, and they are giving him guaranteed money. I mean, some people have a problem with that because the NFL doesn't guarantee a whole lot of contracts mm-hmm. except for star players and quarterbacks. But um, uh, just uh, I, I think it remains to be seen, but uh, I'd like to say I'm hopeful. Um, Lee, I understand you mentioned at the start of the show you're in New York. You've been to the uh, the Jets game. I understand your, your daughter's doing something pretty special. Yeah, so uh, uh, what, what's going on is um, she's an actress, she was a lead. She just out of college a little more than a year ago. Uh, the New York, uh, they they turned, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the movie, remember Mystic Pizza with, with Julia Roberts? Remember the movie? Mitch does, yeah. Oh, okay. you saying you know I'm older, older, older than you. <laughs> you know who Julia Roberts is, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so it was her first uh, movie that she appeared in as a lead. So my daughter played one of the other roles, uh, one of the other three leads. It's about three girls, wait. They were being waitresses uh, in, a, in a pizza place called uh, in Mystic, Connecticut. And uh, so she was one of the three leads. And and then she got an email about a, maybe a month ago from the Orange Bowl committee. I guess someone had seen her. She sang, uh, I think, the Heat National Anthem probably four or five years, numerous times when like Wade, uh, Bosch, and LeBron James were, were, uh, were running together. And... Um, she, they wanted to have her sing the national anthem. So they're paying her good money, flying her down first class from New York City. Uh, oh, wow. And paying for, I mean, wardrobe and picking us up in a car, putting us in a suite. And she'll be singing the national anthem for the, for the Orange Bowl game Friday, December 30th. So very proud of her. And, uh, uh, you know, you're talking to the, the, the second, uh, <laughs> certainly not the most famous uh, Sterling in our household, <laughs> and and how many people are we talking at the Orange Bowl? Uh, Sixty five thousand. Wow. It's always a sellout. Game is between Clemson and Tennessee this year. Both teams are wearing orange. Uh, you know, sometimes they show the national anthem uh, on national TV. They showed all the conference championship games, so it's hit or miss. But um, if you follow me on Twitter at Paramount Sports, that's P A R A M O U N T. S P O R T S at Paramount Sports on Twitter. Uh, I'll I'll definitely post it after the game or the next morning. But I, I think there's a better than fifty percent chance they'll show it. She'll be wearing an orange dress and she'll be wearing some orange uh, Nike Dunk tennis shoes 
as she's singing the national anthem. So uh, beautiful. You won't be able to miss her. So uh, I think hopefully she does a great job and represents our family in Miami. And uh, I think you'll you'll enjoy it. She, we I've always taught her to um, sing it and not embellish it. I always tell her. Mm. And some of these people riff it, and you know people get excited because they hold that last note for. 15, 20, 30 seconds. She'll hold it a little bit, but um, whenever you sing a national anthem, I think it should be a tribute to your country. And I think she'll, she'll do it without, you know, overdoing it um, and putting too much of a, uh, of a crazy spin on it. Brilliant. Well, we uh, enjoy your uh, your trip, mate. Um, enjoy the the first class flights and the uh, the limousines and all that. And uh, watching your daughter sing. And thank you very much for your time. Um, I know the listeners greatly appreciated a bit of NFL talk uh, on the station. So, Lee Sterling, thanks very much for your time, mate. Oh, no problem. Let's do it again. If the Dolphins make the playoffs, let's let's revisit it, and uh, maybe they'll do some damage in the playoffs. We'll hold you to that. Thanks very much, Lee Sterling. As you mentioned, Paramount Sports uh, on Twitter. Go and check him out. Uh, greatly appreciate his time. One of the things um, that he was talking about there with the anthem thing, and this is interesting to me, is that the, the difference that I've noticed with the American anthem, they don't sing along. Americans don't sing along with the anthem, whereas here in New Zealand, we all we all sing along. That's why our, when our anthem singers do it, they just sing it so that everyone can sing along with them. The Americans, it's a performance. I hadn't even noticed that. Yeah. Didn't even know that. I'm very anthem focused. <laughs> Fun facts here with Manai. And my well, you gotta get them where you fit in, you know, play your role. And my role is uh, anthem analysis. Yeah, oh, what I what I took from that conversation was that like your Beavers bandwagon, you should be on the mm. Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> They're the original bandwagon fans, so Yeah, you know, right. And the amount of um attention you've kind of put into your bandwagon team would actually probably be on par with yeah. <laughs> the attention around the Patriots at the moment. I think so. Um, but yeah, great as always uh, to have Lee Sterling on. And from the looks of the text machine, we need to squeeze a bit more uh, bit more NFL into the show where we can. So if you missed that or if you've just tuned in, you can go back and check that out on the app or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, or just give Mitch a ring and he'll tell you everything that uh, Lee told us. Quick air break and we'll be right back after this.